Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, welcome to the first official launch service of Hills Baptist Lobethal. How good, hey? I'm a lot more excited than that. How good, hey? Praise God. Um, God is doing a fantastic, incredible, mighty work. We're along for the journey and it's a joy to be a part of it. For those of you who don't know know me, my name's Dave Shepherd, and I have the privilege of being Senior Pastor of Hills Baptist Church. We have a campus at Allgate, uh, at Verdun. We've just come on board with Mount Barker uh, and now Lobethal. And God is on the move. One thing, uh, I thought Simon did an incredible job. Simon hasn't slept, by the way. He's come straight off of night shift, so... I don't know how you focus without any sleep, but he's done a lot better job than I have. Um, As a church, we've just finished what we were calling 72 hours of Bible reading as well, where we we started reading the Bible, the goal to get from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, to read it aloud. So one person at a time, every half an hour to speak the Word of God over our church, over our families, over our communities. And uh, it took just a little bit longer than 72 hours. Uh, We finished at 2am this morning. Uh, Some of our young adults from Allgate just picked up the torch and ran with it until 2am. But we got there. So it's more like an 80 hour Bible reading, but we got there, praise God. And as Simon said, 40 days of prayer and fasting. We've got studies going along around prayer and fasting in life groups. So please get involved, jump in, dive in as you immerse yourself. Who knows what God will do? We as a church are entering into a series on the book of Acts. And so today we launch this incredible book in a series we're calling Hearts Ablaze. And uh, I wanna start today, we're gonna dive into simply just the the first chapter. I've got no idea how long this series is gonna go. We'll jump in and out of it. It's 28 chapters of the book of Acts. So it might take us all year, but... I'm so excited about what God is gonna say. So why don't you stand to your feet and we're gonna pray and we'll dive in. Lord, we give you thanks for all that you are doing, all that you have done and all that you're gonna do. Lord, we thank you as we look around this room and we see the beginning of something special. Lord, we thank You that You're the one who sows seed. You're the one who makes that seed grow. And so, Lord, we pray that out of the ministry of Hills Baptist Lobethal, that You would bring about a mighty harvest. As Steve prayed this morning before we began, that the birds would not come and peck it, that that seed wouldn't be choked, Lord, that it would land in good soil. And Lord, that You would bring about a kingdom harvest in this area, unlike anything this area has seen for generations. So Lord, move, we pray. You are the kingdom builder. You are the head of the church. We love you. We pray that you'd speak now as we come into your word, that you would reveal your truth to us, that it would change us, that it would shape us and that it would just multiply within our lives and go out to those around us. Bless your word, we pray in the precious name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. You may be seated. 
So just recently, Joe and I had the privilege of taking some holidays with our family, which was lovely. We, we took a couple of weeks and got down south and we had one of our young adults housed at our place for those two weeks, did a great job. No chickens died, so that was a good thing. And uh, one thing that did happen though is when we came back, you know, you unpack, you do the things you've got to do and you think, it'd be nice just to kick the feet up and put a movie on, a bit of Netflix, something just to relax. And of course, the television was broken. So as is always the case when, you know, over, over the course of holidays, something breaks. So we came back, needed a brand new TV. Our TV had lasted something like 14 years. We were pretty happy with that. So run into the shops, buy a new television. Great, fantastic. They always try and upsell. Who's with me? They always try and upsell you. I, went, I just said to him, mate, we're not big television people. I just want something that's going to work and fit this space. So just, and he goes, okay, we'll come down here. And uh, we get this new television, you put it up on the wall, but then what happens when you get new television is you need new accessories. Now, gentlemen, you look at me like, no, you don't, but all the ladies are like, yes, you do. (laughs) Yes. So all of a sudden, the chest of drawers that was underneath the television didn't quite fit. The TV cabinet didn't quite fit. It was broken, Joe said. It's probably been broken for 10 years, but you just get on with it. And then all of a sudden, you get something new and you think, oh, we should get something new there. So, of course, we then have that, you know, interesting decision to make. What do you get? And it usually results in two words, flat pack. (laughs) And when you think flat pack, there's two choices. There's Ikea and there's Kmart. There's Ikea and there's Kmart. Now, Ikea is a little bit more expensive, but with Ikea comes instructions that you can follow, amen? Anyone with me? Kmart, a whole lot cheaper, but those instructions are like something out of another planet. Now, of course, we made the decision thinking, let's go Kmart, because it's like 200 bucks cheaper. So we go to Kmart, we pick up this flat pack, we think this is gonna look nice. I start working on it, I pull all the stuff out, it's sitting on the floor, I pull out the instructions and I think, oh, good Lord, I'm in an awful lot of trouble. Is anyone with me here? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone tried to do a Kmart flat pack before? Some of you? You're gonna have to give me a little bit more here, Hills Baptist. You see, with, with the Ikea flat packs, you can actually see the different size holes where you've got to put your dowel in, you've got to put your screws in, like it's genuine detail and information. The Kmart flat pack, it's like one page with a diagram and Chinese writing. And they might as well just go, you figure it out, champion. So I open it up, I lay all the pieces out, there's stuff everywhere. I've already made two mistakes where I've put two little dowels in the wrong holes, then got pliers, tried to pull them out. They're broken, so I had to drill out, trying to drill those holes out again. So we've got off to a bad start. Then Jo comes in, trying to clean up, and she says to me, "Is, is this empty? And I said, yes. So Joe takes the box, takes it outside, puts it in the bin. About half an hour later, I'm like, oh, I think I'm missing a couple of pieces. And at this stage, we had some friends come over and they're like, oh, where could they be? And Joe's, they're like, where's, where's the box? Joe's like, I put it in the bin. And they're like, oh, was it easy to go? And she goes, no, I had to work pretty hard to get it in there. I had to sort of kick it and bend it and in it went. And uh, I go outside and of course, the piece that I need is now in half in the bin. So I come back in, my friend and I are trying to fix it. 
Joe's like, why'd you tell me it was empty? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> off to a bad start. I realised while I'm there, there's actually two other pieces that were also needed that are now also broken in half. And so while I'm sitting there trying to fix it, uh, thinking, how do I solve this problem with another friend trying to solve this problem? Joe and the other friend go out to get treats. <laughs> to deal with that issue. And eventually, two days later, we went to Ikea. That's a long story short. <laughs> flat packs, the ultimate marriage tester, amen? The reason a flat pack is a difficult situation, especially the Kmart brand, is because it simply just doesn't come with a blueprint that you can follow. Now, some of you might have a gift where you can look at it and be like, oh, I know exactly how that fits just off the top of your head. Bang, 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 it all goes together. Others of us in this place need a blueprint. How many of you need a blueprint? How many of you need instructions you can follow? It's like the Lego master builders. Some Lego master builders can just build. Others, are, others of us need instructions, yes? We need to know how we're gonna go about doing the thing that we're supposed to do. We might have a picture, we might have a great vision, we might have this great idea of what everything's supposed to look like. But then you go, how do I get there? And the same is true with the church. Because the church, as we come to the book of Acts, has this incredible image, this incredible vision, this incredible picture of what the Kingdom of God is like and what we as the people of God are called to do. And we could look at the end of the book of Matthew in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And we might be like, yes, I wanna see God's Kingdom come. How many of you wanna see God's Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? 50% of us. <laughs> How many of you wanna see God's Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? Amen. That's our heart. That's why we're here. This is why our vision is Jesus glorified, lives transformed, hope revealed. We long to see the Kingdom of God. We know that the Kingdom of God is what the earth needs, that the picture of Scripture is that the finished work of Christ is a renewed Eden where humanity, we acknowledge that humanity's broken, that something's missing. The reason there's pain in the world is because something's broken, something's not right but that Christ has come to redeem and restore and draw us back into the Eden reality, into walking with God, into communion with God. And we say, yes, that's what I wanna be a part of. But how do I do that? How does that become a reality? And as you come to the book of Acts, Acts is the blueprint, yeah? Matthew 22 is the call to go. The book of Acts is the blueprint, but more than the blueprint, it's examples and it's stories of what happened when that blueprint was followed. And we see the Kingdom of God go bang in the world. Acts is an incredible book. Now, just before we dive in to read it, let's, let's just tick off a few boxes here. Acts is written by Luke. Luke is the same guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke, who was the doctor who accompanied Paul in his ministry life. And, Acts, uh, and Luke, not only is he a doctor, but he's also a historian. So he's a smart chap, right? And as a historian, he knows how to write. And so when you read Acts, sometimes we can read it and we read all the cool stories and we're just like, this is incredible. But actually Acts is constructed 
in a, in a beautiful way. Like the, the, the literary nature of the book of Acts is actually quite special because it's written by an intelligent dude who knows what he's doing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we come to Acts chapter one, the first 11 verses is probably all we'll get to today. The first 11 verses of Acts act as an introduction to the rest of the book. And what we're gonna see is there's a pattern in these first 11 verses that then speak to what we're gonna see for the next 28 chapters. The first 11 verses is a summary of the blueprint at play. This is the instructions. This is an Ikea instruction that you can follow. And it's beautiful. So go with me to Acts chapter one. So Luke's writing and he says, in my former book, Theophilus, my former book, the Gospel of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Pause. So Luke was about all that Jesus began to do and teach, which means Acts is a book about all that Jesus continued to do and teach. Are you with me? Acts is a book about Jesus. It's the book about Jesus as the entire Bible is the book about Jesus. It's the book about what Jesus did in the world through the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's purpose is to bring people to Jesus, to magnify Jesus, to explain to us what Jesus said, to to lead us to our knees before Christ. So Acts, yes, it's about the Acts of the Apostles as its title, but really it's about what Christ is doing in the world by the Holy Spirit through the Apostles, yes? And we've got to get that straight. This is not a book that glorifies human beings. Everything these human beings do in this book is something that God will continue to do in the world today. We might go, man, healings, crazy. That doesn't happen anymore. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because the Holy Spirit's still at work in the world. And as we submit ourselves to Him and humbly surrender before Him, God will use us, fragile, fallible human beings to do incredible kingdom work. I wanna be a part of that. You? So the book of Acts is a book about all that Jesus will continue to do and teach. Verse three, after His suffering, He presented Himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So after his, after his suffering, so after the cross, he presented himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Here's the first thing, the first part of the blueprint. For those of us who want to go with that command, to live out that command, to go and make disciples of all nations, is to get the word in our hearts. Get the word in our hearts. The disciples here, they're nervous, right? They're nervous. Jesus has, has risen from the dead, He's appeared to them. They're like, we know, like, th- there, is, there is evidence, substantive evidence that Jesus lived, died, rose again. There is eyewitness evidence, 
right? This is not a fable. This is not a, a, a mystical thing that we're talking about. This is true, historically true. He appeared to them and He taught them and the disciples. All discipleship begins in that knowing that Christ has called me and then getting the Word into our hearts. We wanna be a church that is rooted and established in the Word of God. We're gonna teach the Word of God. We're gonna love the Word of God. We're gonna invite you to learn the Word of God. There's a reason we just read the Word for 80 hours nonstop as a church. Because the Word is life. Come on, Hills Baptist. The Word is life. It is life to our bones. It is light to our path. The Word of God is vital. And we have the Word of God available to us in a way that no generation has ever had it in all of human history. How many of you have the Word, more than one Bible on your shelf at home? How many of you have your Bible app on your phone? It is so accessible and yet we read it less than the church has ever read it in all of human history. We're one of the most biblically illiterate Christian generations of all time. There's, a, there's an issue there. And the issue is that distraction. We're so caught up with everything else in the world. What if we lived so counterculturally that we began to get this written in our hearts? That the Word of God just started to become something that we just consumed on a daily basis. That we began to know the story, love the story and have it just infiltrate our very souls. That's how this begins. That's, that's the first thing. Gotta, we gotta get the Word in our hearts. Everything He spoke about the Kingdom of God. Now keep reading though, keep reading. On one occasion while He was eating with them, He gave them this command. Verse four, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Everyone say, wait. For the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days, you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So the blueprint is, we got to get the Word. We have the Word, but actually we also have to wait on the Holy Spirit. The blueprint for the church is that we don't go in our own might and we don't go in our own strength. We don't go in our own power and that my charisma, my eloquence, my anything can change anybody's life. The only thing that's gonna change anybody's life is the Holy Spirit at work in their life. Bringing that Word of truth into, a, like, into this, this blossoming moment of yes, I love that analogy of the idea of scales falling from the eyes. Have you ever seen that in someone's life where there's been like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden there's this moment where they're like, I can't deny this. Like something's, something's changed. All of a sudden something makes sense. Anyone seen that in their, in their life? Anyone seen that in families, friends? This is what we long for, yeah? And Holy Spirit's the only one who's gonna do that. And Holy Spirit wants to, wants to abide in you and then use you to go and minister. There was, um, I was speaking at our youth leaders, they're having a retreat at the moment and uh, 
And it was a great time. Friday night, I was there with them up in, down in Gulwa. And uh, one of, we did this thing where we're talking about just testimonies of what God's doing. And one of our youth leaders got up and shared that that night she ducked out for 15 minutes to go to the shops to get a few things. And she felt the Holy Spirit prompt her to engage with the shopkeeper, right? And she, that's like out of her comfort zone. Some of you love that, not her. So she's engaging. She goes, oh, how are you going? Um, and the girl's like, oh, I'm all right. And then for whatever reason, she said to this girl, she goes, oh, your makeup looks beautiful. And the girl just says to her, oh, she goes, I didn't think it would. I've been crying all day. And so our youth leader says, oh, why have you been crying? She says, oh, life's really tough. Like at school, I've been struggling the first week of school. Just starts sharing her story over, burp, 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 you know, over the counter. And so our youth leader just says to her, she goes, oh, do you know what? That, like, that's really sad. Um, I so believe that Jesus loves you and He wants to speak, you, speak to you and strengthen you through this moment. And I'd love to get to know you and I'd love to invite you to our church. And she's like, oh, I would love that. Can I come? How good. Praise God. That's a God thing. She in herself, this youth leader, like will be the first to say she's not a preacher. She's like, she's not an evangelist. She's none of these things. She's just someone who said, Jesus, would you use me and was obedient. And Holy Spirit just did this incredible work in that incredible moment. Friends, look out those doors. We have an entire region, an entire community, one of the least church regions in the entire world, uh, sorry, in the entire state who need Christ. Holy Spirit wants to encounter you that He might use you to bring hope to them. So we have to wait. We wait and we're filled with the Spirit of God. And my prayer for each and every one of us is that we would be filled to the fullness of the measure of God through His Holy Spirit. That He would illuminate truth, that He would bring joy and peace and love and that all the fruits, that there would be excitement, that there would be something that rises up within us that we know the hope of the Gospel and that propels us into our daily life. And then we keep reading. So from verse six, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time gonna restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. So as we wait on the Lord and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, He imparts power for what purpose? You will be my, pardon, pardon, witnesses. Watch, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now this, this is so cool. This is what we're gonna see in the book of Acts. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's this picture of it starts right there in that little group in the church and then God goes poof. And over the book of Acts, there's, there's six different parts to the book of Acts and each part is a different part where the gospel goes further and further and further until Paul's standing before Caesar proclaiming the gospel in Rome, which signifies the ends of the earth. But interesting, 
It's when the Holy Spirit fills the people of God. It's you will be my witnesses. Did you notice that? You. That means you. Has it ever occurred to you that you are sitting in this chair right now because, not because someone convinced you to come. The reason there is any faith in your heart right now is because these 11 disciples said yes. We are the result of this. How cool. Yeah? We are the outcome, the evidence that this happened. We would not be here if this hadn't happened. If these guys hadn't said yes, if these guys hadn't waited, if these guys hadn't sat with Christ and got the Word, if these guys hadn't gone and been His witnesses. And the next generation needs this generation to be its witness. It's witness in life, it's witness in Word, it's witness that God is good. That through hellfire, that through many dangers, trials and snares, through no matter what life throws my way, through doubt and confusion, through all the different interesting teachings and philosophies that exist in our world at the moment, all of which are nonsense, that there is a truth and that God is real and that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And He has come that you might have life and life to the full. And He's inviting us to go and be witnesses. But we won't be able to witness unless we wait and get the Spirit and have the Word. Yeah? So we get the Word, we ask God to fill us with His Spirit and then boldly we go and be witnesses to the ends of the world. That's the blueprint. Word, wait on the Spirit, be a witness. He actually wants to use us, have a conversation. As I just said about our youth leader, that doesn't necessarily mean, again, you've got to organise a rally or you've got to have a little soapbox and stand up out there and say, thus says the Lord. It's relational. Have the conversation and just share your testimony of what God's done in your heart and your life and watch what He does. It's gonna be unbelievable. But then there's a fourth thing and the band's gonna come up and Bree's gonna come up and we're gonna finish. But here's the fourth thing. Stay with me. Let's go back to verse six. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom, of, kingdom, of Israel, kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up to the sky. Don't you love that image? There's the disciples, this incredible thing's happened and now they're like. <laughs> they were looking intently up to the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? <laughs> Jesus has just ascended. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken 
from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen Him go into heaven. I think sometimes we're caught looking up into the sky. And I think there's a whole lot of reasons for that. But I think one of the biggest reasons, particularly right now for us, is because we're worried. We're worried, what if I'm not good enough? What if I don't know how to give testimony? What if, like, what if I make mistakes? What if by saying yes to this, then I'm gonna struggle in this, this and this? Like, I think we, we're so filled with worry. What if, like, maybe some of us in this room even ask, well, what, what, if, what if it's not actually real? But here's the promise, right? The same Jesus who ascended into heaven will come back. He will set all things right. That is set in stone, church. He is coming again. He will separate the sheep from the goats. He will eternally put all things right. He will. And therefore, you, I, we, the church, need not worry. The early church, as we're gonna find out, goes through so, so, so much, and yet they have such confidence. And they repeatedly pray, not God, protect me. They They pray, God, give us boldness. I feel like we're constantly praying, Lord, protect us, keep us. When was the last time we actually prayed, Lord, give us boldness. That's the early church prayer. You need not worry. Someone sent me this awesome image during the week and it hit us right at a time personally when I needed it more than ever. Can we put that image up? I'm gonna get my phone and read. He sent me a quote from David Attenborough. Don't you love that? David Attenborough. And this was the quote. Fear not what is before you, for the one who cares is behind you. David Attenborough. Fear not what is before you, for the one who cares is behind you. How sick is that image? Does that not get you going? I got goosebumps. When he sent that through, I was like, that is awesome. There's the little cub. That's you and I. Young lions, but you are a lion because you are in Christ and He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Him, you have become children of God. You are a young cub and you need not fear what is before you because the lion of the tribe of Judah prowls directly behind you. And I came to encourage someone today that as God is calling you into whatever it is that He's calling you to do, and we as Hills Baptist Church, Lobethal Campus, who knows what's gonna happen over the rest of the year, but we need not worry, we need not be afraid, but we are called to just get on with it. Get on with it. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. Let's not have one foot in and one foot out. Let's not be a people of the maybe. 
Let's be a people who say, if God said it, I'm doing it. If God's called me to it, I'm gonna do it. I'm saying yes to Him and be brave and bold and strong and courageous because that's what the church is called to do. And it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. So may we be strong in the Word. May we be Spirit-filled. May we be a people who are witnessing to the world without worry or fear because of the One who is not only behind us, but He goes before us and beside us. And indeed, He even carries us. That's my prayer for each and every one of us in 2023 and beyond, no matter what is before us, that we'd be strong and courageous because of the One who's behind us. Would you stand to your feet, church? I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about what God's about to do what God's already doing. Just look around. Very few churches plant with this many people who love the Lord, whose hearts are full of faith. This is awesome. This is exciting. This is an upper room moment as we wait before we go. And so Lord, we come before You now and we pray over each person here for the infilling of Your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Illuminate to us, Christ. For those in here who are weary and heavy laden, give them rest. For those in here who are wrestling with doubt and worry, give them peace. Give them surety in the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let the Word sink deep, the truth of the Word sink deep. And Father, for each and every one of us, as You fill us, use us exactly where You've put us, whether it be a conversation with a checkout person, or whether it be a conversation with a friend, or whether it be proclaiming the Word behind a pulpit, whatever it is, let us be obedient and not fear, for You are the one who builds Your church. Lord, we're here to say yes. We say, yes, Lord Jesus, fill us with Your Holy Spirit, we pray. Set us on fire. Set our hearts ablaze. Our hearts ablaze, Lord. Hearts ablaze, tongues of fire on each person here that we would go and be presence carriers in the world that You might bring Your own name glory through each step of obedience, we pray. We love You. We honour you and we thank you. And together with one loud voice, all God's children said, Amen. Let's sing praise to our God. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.